0: morning church. How are you all today? I know some of you may be confused right now. We're expecting uh, the Reverend Dana Allen, our executive senate from ECO, to be with us today, but alas, he is sick uh, and unable to travel, so you are stuck with me today, I'm afraid. Um, but good news is, rumor has it, I'm better looking and her, anyways. So, <laughs> Dane, if you're watching, I love you. Uh, Welcome, all of you. So glad that you are here. Uh, If you're at home, thanks for joining in with us today. Uh, I believe that the Lord has a message uh, to encourage and stir our hearts today. And I'm excited for the word that God has given us as we continue uh, this series, Into the Wilderness. You know, several months ago when uh, Carl and I sat down to plan out the preaching schedule and this uh, series was placed on the schedule, we had no idea what kind of wilderness we would find ourselves in. Personally and corporately, we just didn't know that this is going to be the situation we're in, but, but God knows, and God's good, and He is with us. So what I know for sure today is that, that friends, we are in a wilderness, But I also know that God has not, will not abandon us. In the midst of the wilderness, he is with us. And we take great comfort in that. You know, in 2014, I had an opportunity to fulfill what I didn't realize was a dream that I had had for years. I I had a chance to go to Niger, Africa, and to hold a, a, a pastor's workshop. We had pastors from five different countries come, and I got to spend three days in late summer of 2014 uh, teaching the Word and training pastors from all over North Africa in leadership. And since I was a kid, I was fascinated with leadership. My my dad actually um, built me a tree house when I was was probably six or seven years old, and and I would go to the library and get every single book I could find on Abraham Lincoln. I, I don't know why. But I loved Abraham Lincoln, and I read every book in our library multiple times. What I didn't realize at the time is that God was stirring this within me, this call to leadership and this, this call to develop other leaders. And so when I'm here in Africa, it's probably the hottest I've ever been. N- North Africa in summertime is what I call a rookie mistake. All right, now I helped plan this conference, and I didn't think it all the way through. It was hot. I mean, 140 degrees, and we met in this church building you can see here uh, with a tin roof that just kind of helped to trap the heat inside. And we would only meet in the mornings because it was too hot in the afternoons, but but we were there and we were teaching. I remember just getting back to, you know, my wooden pew, just like so parched, so thirsty. Niger is 80% covered in the Sahara Desert, and it's a, it's a wilderness of sorts. And in the wilderness, uh, one thing we know is the wilderness creates deep thirst. That's true for us physically, right? When we're in a physical wilderness, there's a deep thirst created inside of us in that wilderness. A physical thirst. Uh, but the same is also true on a spiritual note. When we are in a spiritual wilderness, that spiritual wilderness creates a deep, deep spiritual thirst in us. And I want us to quickly look at Psalm 63. Don't panic. There's, there's no slide for this. This is kind of last minute here. Like this whole message, let's be honest. All right. Psalm 63. When David is in the Judean wilderness, he says this. He says, you God are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. You see, David found himself in this wilderness, and his whole body longed for God. He was in a physical wilderness and a spiritual wilderness, and he found within him this deep, deep thirst in his heart, this deep, deep longing for God. And so today, we're going to continue our series with Into the Wilderness, Parched. When we are in the wilderness, we are often parched. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up to Exodus chapter 17. And we're going to read those first verses together. But let me pray for us as we get going. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your plans are perfect. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us in this wilderness that we're in. And Lord, today, Lord, before my my friends that are gathered in this room and my friends who are watching at home and worshiping with us online, Lord, we confess to you that our hearts are parched. Lord, our souls feel dry. And Lord, we just acknowledge our deep, deep, deep dependence on you today. Would you allow this thirst that we're experiencing in the wilderness to drive us deeper into your presence? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so in Exodus chapter 17, here's what Moses writes. Verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? And why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. What a smart, smart man. Moses cried out to the Lord and said, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. And I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out for the people to drink. And so Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called that place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord among us or not? Friends, this is the word of God. And I believe that this is a word that the Lord has for us today what I can promise you today is is I don't have a three-point sermon for you but I'm gonna try to keep it short what you know for me will take a miracle of proportions to Moses striking the rock and bringing water out but the first thing I want to draw our attention to and I want us to set everything that we're talking about today in two contexts one in the context of what's going on in your life what's happening in your heart what's happening in your home what's happening in your work what's happening in your extended family. You see, we're, we have all this stuff happening in our life, and now we have all this stuff happening in our church as well as we walk through this difficult season. And I want you to hold both of those contexts in your heart this morning as we talk about what this passage of Scripture can teach us as we find ourselves parched in the wilderness. And the first thing I want to draw your attention to is simply this. Just because something is hard does it mean God's not in it? Yeah, I'll say that again. Just because something is hard does not mean that God's not in it. What do I mean? Verse 1 here, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin. Why were they in the desert of sin? Because God led them there. God called them out of Egypt. God called them into the wilderness. They were there because God had led them there. And they traveled from place to place as the Lord commanded. They were following the commandments of the Lord. They were moving from place to place as they followed the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, which represented the presence of God that went with them, that went before them. They found themselves in this desert by the hand of God. But they were in a hard place. They were dealing with a really, really, real significant problem. They found themselves in the desert with no water to drink. Now, if you've ever been to a desert, you know that's a real problem. When I was in Niger in the Sahara Desert and I was teaching for three hours, I thought I was going to die of thirst. But these Israelites spent years and years in the wilderness, and here they are facing a very real, a very significant problem. But they are there because God has led them there. In church, I don't pretend to understand everything that's transpired in the last few months in our body, but what I do know is that God is with us in the wilderness. I know that when we are parched, when our hearts are dry, when our souls are weary, that God is with us and that we are where we are because he has led us to this place. We, too, have a real problem that we're facing whether that's here in our local body or in our personal lives, we are dealing with serious, serious issues. And we need to understand that God is with us. But watch what happens, right? They, they get there and then all of a sudden they're thirsty because there's no water and they begin to quarrel with Moses and demand that Moses give them something to drink. Watch what Moses says. The people were thirsty there, and they grumbled against Moses, and they said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? And Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. Moses begins to cry out to the Lord. You see, what happens here is the Israelites begin looking to Moses to provide something that only God could give. You see, they're they're between a rock and a hard place. Pun intended, right? They're in the desert. They're in the wilderness. And they begin to panic. Fear begins to fill their heart because they don't have water to drink. And so they begin to quarrel with Moses. They begin to look to their spiritual leader for something that only God could provide. Let us be careful, friends, that we don't do that in our body today. Let's not look to any man for what only God can give. Let's not look to any individual for what only comes from the Lord. And they began to quarrel with Moses. And here's what I felt like the Lord was showing me as I was studying this passage. Our quarreling is often symptomatic of an underlying unquenched thirst in the depths of our hearts. Our quarreling is often symptomatic of an underlying, unquenched thirst in our hearts. You see, when when things go wrong, and they do, when things go wrong, and they will, our natural reaction as human beings is to look for someone to blame. Who can we find that we can pin the blame on for what we're experiencing? And what happens is we begin to turn On one another rather than turning to the Lord there is a warning I believe from the heart of God for us today let us not begin to turn on one another but let us turn to the Lord whether that's in our family systems or our church body or our workplace We are in danger when our hearts are parched, when our souls are dry, we have a tendency to begin to turn towards one another, and that usually causes us to begin to attack and fight against one another, rather than allowing that underlying thirst to drive us deeper into the heart of God. And friends, I believe that's what God wants to do in our body. I believe that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to take us and lead us deeper into his heart. You see, the Israelites begin to panic because they don't have water. But they've forgotten that the same God who has provided miracle after miracle after miracle on their behalf is with them in the wilderness. God has never abandoned them. God has never forsaken them. And he never, never will. But they began to panic. And how many of you know when we begin to panic, we are not our best selves? We are not our best selves when panic sets in. When we let fear begin to take over and grip our hearts, it leads us to turn on one another, to put our focus and our attention on man or human solutions when there is only one place that our focus and our attention should be, and that is on God and what he is doing in our midst, what he is doing in our hearts, what he is doing in our life. You see, for the Israelites, their unquenched thirst led them into a place of distrust. They stopped trusting in God and they stopped trusting in the leader that God had appointed over them. You see, their their parched hearts became hardened and they began to operate in a lack of trust. And one of the greatest gifts that the wilderness gives us is it reveals to us what's really going on inside the depths of our own hearts. You see, God uses these wilderness moments in our life to reveal to us what's happening under the surface of our hearts. And when we face problems that will inevitably come, we have two options. We can turn to the Lord and seek Him, as David did in the Judean wilderness in Psalm 63, and if we do that, the result is our hearts begin to soften. Our hearts soften and we begin to move with compassion towards one another. Or we begin to turn on one another and our hearts become hard. And forgiveness, unforgiveness sets in. Bitterness sets in. Cynicism sets in. Disillusionment sets in. That is the natural result of turning our attention on one another when God is trying to get us to turn our attention to him. Just pause him for a moment to let that marinate. You see, we need to guard our hearts here and make sure we're not looking to man for what only God can provide. And it serves us well in these moments of uncertainty, in these moments where we're not real sure what's going on, or how we're supposed to act, or what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to believe, what we're supposed to think, when we are uncertain. The best thing we can do is to remember what God has already done. Watch here where, where the Lord answers Moses after Moses turns and he cries out to the Lord in the midst of great uncertainty. In the midst of a very real battle where there's very real potential for loss of human life because of dehydration, because of, uh, of dying of thirst, Moses turns to the Lord and the Lord says, go out in front of the people, take some elders with you, and take the staff with which you struck the Nile. You see, God used that staff when he delivered the Israelites from the bondage of the Egyptians. And God performed miracle after miracle after miracle with that staff. And God wanted Moses to pick up that staff again because he knew in picking up that staff, he would be reminded of how God has miraculously intervened in their past. And if God has miraculously intervened in the past, then we can trust him to do it again in the present. amen. I'm going to amen myself. That was good. Right? Does that make sense? We need to remember, as I can't remember who pointed out, this church has a 150-year history of serving the Lord here in Boulder. Let's remind ourselves of God's faithfulness to us as a body in our past. And let that stir us and cause us to remember that he will be faithful in our presence. No matter how difficult the moment we find ourselves in may seem. No matter how parched our hearts may be. No matter how dry our soul is. He is present. And he is with us. As Kelsey pointed out when she preached, God promises to be with us in the wilderness. And what I want to add to that this morning is simply this. His presence is His provision. His presence is His provision. His presence with us is His provision for us in what we are walking through and what we are facing in our own life. And here's the other thing that the Lord really showed me from this passage. When our hearts are parched, And how many of you would just be honest and say, my heart is parched right now? When our hearts are parched, it's easy to think that the Lord has abandoned us. That's exactly what happens to the Israelites here, right? It says that Moses named the place Massah which means testing, and Meribah, which means quarreling because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? The same body of people who watched miracle after miracle after miracle where God led them out of Egypt and led them safely into the wilderness through the Red Sea and he parted the water and he allowed them to go through on dry land. Miracle after miracle, they still, when they met a problem they could not solve, began to wonder if God had abandoned them. Is the Lord with us or not? When we're parched, it's easy to think that the Lord has abandoned us. And if that's you today, I want to assure you, God has not abandoned you. He is with you. We know that dehydration leads to disorientation, right? We know that's true physically. When we're dehydrated, we become disoriented. The same thing is true spiritually. When we are spiritually dehydrated, we become spiritually disoriented. We don't really know where God is. We can't really discern what he's doing. We can't really tell what he's up to. That is a natural result of a spiritually dry, parched heart. And if that's you today, and you're, you're feeling dehydrated spiritually, I want to encourage you, that God provides for those who are parched. Let's look at one last verse of Scripture as we prepare to to wrap up this morning. And you guys know that's just a a, a pretend wrap-up, right? But I'm going to say that so you feel comfort in this moment. All right, John chapter 7. God provides for those who are parched. If you are parched today, this is God's provision for you. In John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, On the last and greatest day of the festival. Now, this is talking about the festival of uh, Tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles, which was an eight-day festival. And and what happened on this feast? uh, This feast was set in place in part to remember how God provided for the Israelites when they were in the wilderness, And one of the things that happened every day during the Feast of Tabernacles is the priest would form a holy procession and they would come down from the Temple Mount and they would walk down about 2,000 feet to the Pool of Siloam and they would gather water in a golden pitcher and in a procession they would carry this water back up to the Temple Mount. And they would pour it out at the base of the altar. And as the water from the pool of Siloam was poured out at the base of the altar of the tabernacle, it was meant to be a reminder for the Israelites of how God provided for them when they were in the wilderness. It was a tangible, physical reminder of God's faithfulness in their past. And they did that for the first seven days of this feast. But on day eight, they didn't collect the water. On day eight, instead, they prayed. They prayed. They simply prayed that God would send water, that God would provide the water they need for their crops, for their land, for their families. They would pray and seek God and ask for this. So this is the context, okay, that Jesus is stepping into. Let's start again, verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and he said in a loud voice, I love that the Bible is explicit here that he is very loud in this moment. And remember, no water is being poured out at the base of the tabernacle today. They're simply praying. They're asking God to provide the water. And then Jesus stands up at what would actually be his last feast before he came back into Jerusalem for the feast of Passover when he would give his life. So on the last day of his last feast in Jerusalem, this is the message he wants everyone to hear. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. That is Jesus' great invitation. Why? Because Jesus is the living water. He is your provision when your soul is parched. He is your provision when your heart is weary. He is the living water, and he is inviting the Israelites in this moment the same way he's inviting you and I today to come boldly to him and allow his spirit to rehydrate our thirsty, parched hearts. When he said this, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers, rivers, Of living water will flow within them. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. Because up until that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, because the Son, Jesus, had not yet been glorified. You see, the Spirit hadn't yet come, because Jesus hadn't yet gone back to the Father. But for you and I today, we have the Spirit of God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells inside you and inside me. And that Spirit brings forth living water. For every parched heart, the answer isn't to look to one another. The answer isn't to assign blame for what's happening in our lives. The answer is to reorient our heart and point our heart towards Jesus because he is the living water and his spirit wants to flow within us. His spirit wants to flow to us. It wants to flow through us. It wants to rehydrate our weary, dry, parched hearts. And that is the answer for those of us who feel dry, for those of us who feel parched from this season of wilderness we've been in, point your heart to Jesus. Invite his spirit to come. Invite his spirit to release streams of living water that will flow inside of you. It begins with a bold, courageous request And as I was studying for this today, I am absolutely convinced. I don't know everything that God is doing in this season of my life. I don't know everything that God is doing in this season of our church life. But one thing I know that I know that I know, he wants to unleash his spirit in this place. He wants to unleash his spirit in our lives. He wants to allow his streams of living water to flow within us to bubble up inside of us, to restore us, to rehydrate us. And I know that we're in a wilderness. And I know that our hearts are parched. But I also know that God does not want us to fight with one another. God doesn't want us to assign blame to someone else. He doesn't want us looking sideways. He wants us looking upward. David wrote in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. So as you and I experience a deep thirst in the midst of the wilderness that we find ourselves in, may that thirst drive us to the living water. May that thirst cause us to point our hearts to Jesus. May that thirst cause us to reorient our lives around the work of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in us and through us in this season. I believe he wants to unleash his spirit in our midst. And I want to pray right now and ask that he would do that for you, that he would do that for me, that he would do that for us. So Father, once again, We come before you this morning, and we thank you, Lord, for your word. Oh, God, your word is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. Lord, allow your word to pierce our hearts today. Lord, I pray that the truth of Scripture would penetrate the depths of our hearts. And, Lord, I pray that you would allow this thirst that we are experiencing, this dryness in our souls this parchedness in our hearts, Lord, would you use this to take us back to the living water? May we hear the invitation of Christ today loud and clear. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. So boldly, Lord, we say today that we come. We come in this moment. Whether we're sitting in the sanctuary or sitting on our couch at home, or sitting on our knees in your presence, God, we come to you. And Lord, we pray that your river, your stream of living water would flow in our midst again. Lord, that your streams of living water would rehydrate our parched hearts, our weary, dry souls. Lord, let your spirit come and do the deep work, the deep work that you have in store for us today. Lord, may we turn to you and may this moment deepen our dependency on the power and the presence of your spirit that is so powerfully at work in our midst. Would you come even now in this next worship song, in these next moments together, and rehydrate our thirsty, parched hearts? In Jesus' name, amen.